Hello, Fighting in the War Room listeners. This is Dave. Unfortunately, this week we had some technical difficulties in segment three, which was just talking about Game of Thrones anyway. So it's not like you're completely missing things, but unfortunately, it was un salvageable so this week's episode will just be the tidbit section and the mini segment and then we'll sign off for the rest of the week we apologize and this will be fixed by next week's episode many apologies let's get on with the show there's no crying in baseball in honor of neighbors Two sorority rising what's the most casually progressive movie of the last decade I'm Katie Rich, and I'm going with Grandma, because it's very casual about the idea that Lily Tomlin could be a lesbian, but also have been married to Sam Elliott, and uh, makes the idea of them being married seem really sexy, which is nice fight against ageism. Hey, it's me, David the Seven, obvious child for presenting abortion just as a choice. I'm Matt Patches, and I'm going to go with Nasty Baby, with just plays with all sorts of the, the, the mosaic of Brooklyn and relationships and the homeless. Oh, God, there's just so much going on in this movie, and it all implodes. Uh, I'm David Ehrlich, and I would love to make a case for really many of the Judd Apatow movies, maybe not Knocked Up, but <laughs> most of them. Catherine Heigl would not be making that case with you. Well, she's changed her tune, um, but fuck it, I'm just going to stay on brand and go with Carol. Finally, a, a queer story that doesn't end in disaster. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 119 for Tuesday, May 17th, 2016. This is a good one. On this day in 1975, NBC bought the rights to air Gone with the Wind for just one time for $5 million, which is $22.8 million today. That is bananas and says a lot about what the pre-VHS world was like. And, and yet, what was the last time NBC played Gone with the Wind on television? I don't know. Or I anyone watched... played Gone with the Wind on television. I've they watched Gone with the Wizard of Oz on television. But well, yeah. I mean, TCM plays Gone with the Wind quite often. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm not oh, thinking of yeah, what NBC owns today. That makes sense. I don't think NBC owns TCM. Between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. they play Gone with the Wind on MSNBC. Between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m.? <laughs> what are they playing, like half of it? Half of it? Okay. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I realized halfway through that joke it wasn't. it wasn't... The math wasn't right. Shut up! Getting a deal on the licensing is is the point. (laughs) For for those of you who like jokes like these, uh, I think some of you have been leaving reviews lately. I I hear we've been getting some good ones. We have. Uh, Some positive reviews. (laughs) I mean, mixed in with some cutting remarks, but uh, such as Idiot Circus Boy, who says (laughs) five stars. He's not calling us an Idiot Circus Boy? No, this is his name. Uh, his birth name, five stars. The subject of the review is as foretold by Nostradamus. Generally, he says, this is the place I go to when I need someone to white-splain to me why I shouldn't like a movie. What if I really want to hear two dudes shout over Katie? They all seem neat, though, and I do enjoy listening to the wide range of opinions. Five stars. And you don't know which two dudes. So it's like when they, at uh, Firing Ranges give one person, or not firing rangers, rather, uh, execution squads, they give one person blanks. So 
Really, anyone can absolve true? Of guilt. It is true. Yeah. Can Dave uh, explain? Dave is ethnic enough that I don't think he can white explain. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's some sort of white noise joke that this entire conversation's been missing <laughs> that I should have made right now. Uh, and now we have a little bit more uh, un, unfettered uh, positive talk here from Pescaria. Pescaria. Pesqui- yeah, that's right. Pes- Pesquita. I don't know. <laughs> Well, did someone say that we are a very white podcast? No, <laughs> I took Spanish for like 20 goddamn years, okay? May Yabo patch it. Pescaria, which I believe would be like a fish store, uh, is uh, Pesquera. I don't know. Uh, it's it's best film podcast. Get over it. This yeah. is the best film podcast on iTunes. Don't at me. It has critics from different types of media outlets who actually understand and are part of the film industry they are critiquing. They know what they're talking about without straying into fanboy mania. They can actually critique filmmakers because they're not trying to be bivs with them. They have differing opinions which allow you to look at a single film from many sides, no matter what genre or budget. And flipping, finally, I don't think you can swear on iTunes reviews. That's a good point. I don't know if you can. Can someone prove that point in the future? Can someone try and leave like a profane and then let us know if it gets thanks for what you're doing to us right now (laughs) (laughs) and flipping finally it has a woman consistently featured on the show which sounds so simple but apparently it's not because it's incredibly flipping rare for a film podcast you know how flipping frustrating it is to hear three of the same dudes talk about the female angle or just brush off a theme centered around women because they don't understand it it's flipping frustrating Anyways, this is the best film podcast, or at least better than the Billions one. <laughs> I mean, it's not really fun to shout over guys. No, <laughs> no, it's only fun to shout over me. Yeah. Right. Uh, and finally, our third and final review of the evening from Walk the Earth says, You can get with this. This review will be using the David Ehrlich two-point scale of garbage or masterpiece. The show's intelligent and insightful hosts, Masterpiece. The show's balance of art house, indie, and mainstream reviews, masterpiece. The New York elitist leanings, garbage. Katie's mm. cheerful personality and insightful views on movies, masterpiece. Yeah. Katie's garbage. <laughs> Spelling your name with a seven, garbage. <laughs> Dave Seven's unique and passionate opinions about storytelling, masterpiece. Patches bravely defending the movies he loves against critical consensus, Masterpiece. Garbage. Oh. When politics oh. when politics sneak into the show, garbage. <laughs> I think we're dealing with uh, with a Republican here. I'm sensing uh, a theme though between many reviews. When all the hosts talk about things in pop culture that affected them personally, masterpiece. When all the hosts talk at the same time, garbage. Masterpiece. Oh. Wait, we're getting to my favorite part. Joanna Robinson, masterpiece. Jordan Hoffman, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. A hard stance against last week's review, who is Seriously. very I love the show. <laughs> Masterpiece and garbage. We're the gone girl of. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. That was trash. Garbage. Yeah. Well, I'll take it. Um, I enjoy the creativity of these reviews so much. Uh, it really is. It really does make a big difference in them, even if they are calling us garbage, which I'm fine with. Sorry about the audio quality. I'm working on it. Some garbage. Garbage. <laughs> Fair. You know what time it is, nigga. You know what fucking shit. Danger. Uh, all right. So this week, uh, a new documentary 
hits the scene just in time for our heated election season. Uh, it's called Wiener, and it is about Anthony Wiener, uh, who was a former U.S. representative. He's a Democrat, and uh, he uh, unfortunately sent pictures of his junk covered by underwear, let's be honest, uh, and, and ho- had this whole sexting scandal and he he walked he held his head in shame he left his shame shame (laughs) uh yeah if you ever if you don't think the the game of thrones shame bell is real read the uh daily news and the new york post from around the anthony weiner sexting scandal jesus the headlines are extreme um but of course he was not anthony weiner is a fighter he if you watch videos of him in congress he was screaming his ass off he wanted to get the job done, the many jobs that he intended to get done, done. Um, and he was lauded for it. I mean, the Democrats, uh, I realize all our reviews were like, please don't bring up politics on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, the Democrats. Politics brought up us, damn it. That's true. Yeah. We were born into this. Um, Anthony Weiner, the Democrat who had fight to him and was lauded for that because a lot of Democrats are just kind of sitting back and doing nothing. And then Wiener would get up there and take the microphone and scream his ass off and try and get... Now, this was in his position. What elected official? What what position did he hold at the time? He was uh, a senator. He was a senator, yeah. New York uh, State he started senator. Off, he started off as a New York City councilman and then... I believe he was a congressional aide and then became senator. And then when he was disgraced by this section, a New York York state senator, to be clear, he wasn't a U.S. senator. Right. Correct. Correct. Um, And then after the scandal, nothing could get him down. He's go. He, he ran for mayor um, in the 2005 and the 2013 New York city mayoral elections. And this documentary follows that 2013 campaign, um, a failed campaign. Unfortunately, he couldn't get past the primaries and it is a stunning piece of work uh, chronicling the the fall of this kind of really impressive politician. And now what's unclear in the documentary, and David, you probably know this. I feel like you're going to know a lot more about the making of this film than I. I don't know why I'm assuming this. I just feel like yeah, you your, your assumption is going to be unfounded, but go okay, on. Okay, perfect, perfect. Now, I don't know. I think Anthony Weiner allowed Josh Kriegman and Elise Steinberg, who directed this film, he kind of hired them, or whatever. Well, the he, one of them, I think. Uh, what was it? What were the names of the directors? The guy and Elise Steinberg. Uh, yeah, well, the guy uh, was was uh, I believe an employee of Anthony Weiner's beforehand. Makes sense. And yeah, sort of have had season. Like they film. were no, and but that doesn't really show in the movie. But they, I, I think, he was friendly enough with them that when they broached the idea of making a documentary and again, Patch has said that this is a movie that follows the campaign and while that's not inaccurate I think it, it might be more evocative of what the film is to say that really they are inside the campaign. Yes, the they're access, embedded inside. I mean, the access that they have is incredible. Yeah, it, it, it's stunning because it opens and closes with some confessionals from Wiener being like, why the hell did I allow you to make this movie? You've caught Amazing. me at all of these disgraced points. I mean, there are moments, and if anyone followed the Anthony Weiner mayoral campaign, for a second it looked like he was going to slay it. I mean, he was just, the his, his approval rating was out the roof. Everyone wanted this comeback story. 
He was pulling high. He was going to win this thing. And then more of the sexing scandal comes out. And this is in the middle of the movie. These guys. And this are, is new sexing. This is like something he has done even after he's the, already learned well, his lesson. So this is the, the fuzzy part. Like, when did this these sexting allegations that are being brought to the table during the mayoral election, when did they happen? Did they happen after he came clean? Because, you know, at first when he was a senator, he was lying to everyone, lying to his wife. Uh, uh, oh, God, what is her name? Um, Uma, Uma Abedin. Yes, Uma, Uma Abedin. She was uh, a Clinton uh, aide. And Still is. Yeah, she is back on the campaign trail with Hillary Clinton today. Um, so a lot of people are talking about: Will this be controversial? Will this Im- this film impact Hillary's run? I don't really see that being really possible. I'm not sure, but um, it won't. But the, it's it's very important in the film that Puma has a lot at stake beyond just her marriage. Yeah, that she's amazing. Her, it's it's clear already when they're filming this that Hillary is gearing up for a huge run, and that Puma is well situated to be uh, very much involved yeah. with that. The media and brings so it up they, over and over. Again, yeah, and they so believe. they don't want to jeopardize that. Uh, but but it, you know. I think that's what's really stunning here. You have Anthony Weiner, who kind of has his head on straight this entire time when he's on the rise, when he's being knocked back by these new allegations, when he can't answer the questions. I don't, you know, you're back and forth. Does he know what really happened, or is he just so caught up in? Is it addiction? Is it just? his, I don't know, his masculinity that he can't quell. Like, he has this beautiful wife, this intelligent wife. He can't treat her the way he needs to, but he knows that she's essential to this campaign. And the two of them sit in rooms for hours just, like, debating, how do we go on doing this? Anthony Weiner will not quit. Um, It's an intense, anxiety-inducing experience at times. Very funny, because Weiner is such a big personality, but... um, Huma I also is, think it's uh, a, it's a character here too. She's so tragic. Like there's times where the filmmakers are sitting in their apartment on the Upper East Side or whatever, and she's just sitting at home, being like, "Get me out of here." She's begging the camera people, to just like, not leave her alone. They, it, she doesn't treat them as an intrusion. I guess they've just been around for so long, but she's like begging them to leave existence. It's so tragic. Well, I think that the whole film is a tragedy, and for me, the takeaway was that. Here's a guy who genuinely, and especially when compared to so many other people uh, in politics on, on a local and national level, actually gives a shit. Like, really wanted to go to bat for the people of New York. And he shows, I mean, that's the first thing that you see in the film, is him giving an impassioned speech on the floor of the Senate. And then he gets caught in murky waters. And yes, it does, it goes on to him lying to the electorate as well, you know, his constituents and not just, um, not just his wife, but for the most part, it's a personal matter that has really to do with himself, his own issues, his marriage. Uh, but people smelling blood in the water circle around it. And the people of New York, and there's this one very powerful scene in Staten Island towards the end of the film, the people, no, not who, Staten Island, city Island, I'm going to have to city Island, city Island. Thank you. Very I different. haven't seen them. I haven't seen the movie in five months. Uh, but the people who, uh, most need Anthony Weiner and who he most wants to help are tearing him limb from limb because of personal issues in his life, ridiculous personal issues that you wouldn't necessarily want to have in an elected official, mind you, but nevertheless, things that are not going to impact what he's going to do for their lives. 
uh, and they just can't see around that. And this is the downfall of politics in a nutshell. I mean, this is how Donald Trump happened. Because but it also, it also just... provokes him in a way because he is reckless and he is a liar. Like, he is balancing these two sides of his personality. One that is a fighter to get anything done in Washington to, like, help the people of New York. But then there's a scene where he's confronted by... Uh, a Jewish man in a deli, oh, my God. and this guy is just railing at him like, why did you lie? How could you do this to your wife? And then Anthony Weiner gets in his face and starts yelling at him. This is when Weiner has declared that he is going like going rogue. He's going Bullworth is actually what he says, which is <laughs> crazy. Uh, but then he starts getting in this guy's face and screaming back at him. And of course, it's um, a tabloid nightmare. And then to top it all off, the Jewish guy makes a, a off-color remark about Huma. Uh, and her her race, and then the oh whole God. thing is just a circus. It's absolutely insane. But does does the movie make the case that we shouldn't consider these kinds of personal things? Like, I mean, like David said, like it's this recklessness in him and this thing that he can't control. That, like, to me, like mm. I thought it do, it does seem fair to include. It like, doesn't. Way more it fair does than not make. Stuff. It does not make the case that we shouldn't. It says that it's a tragedy that we can't. Uh, it's. The idea is that it's we're sort of powerless to ignore this stuff. We can understand, the, in a logical way, if you take a step back, the difference between like yes, and and I you know cop to the the idea that somebody who's going to lie about anything really is is someone who you don't want in office. But of course, all of our politicians. Lie. I mean, Anthony Weiner's lies compared to anyone who's currently running for president, or it's just like you know uh, curtains on the Titanic. But the um, which is not really the ad metaphor there, but whatever. Uh, but the idea is just that we, as uh, the whole machine of politics and the media that swarms around it and groupthink and all of these things that determine uh, who wins a democratic vote, make it impossible to extrapolate the two, uh, to extricate the two. And it just all becomes this one big ball of shit. And, it, and what's, it, it, what's so sad is, I mean, to kind of wrap up, Wiener is a really good election, the machinations of election, tracking that. Like, how do, do you mount a campaign? How do you get there on the road? How many people work for you? Who are the type of people who would go and sit in an office every day being like, Anthony Wiener, Anthony Wiener, Anthony Wiener, and then to watch this lie blow up in his face. How does that affect everyone else? There's yeah. just a scene where his, his entire assistant. camp is sitting in uh. his apartment hearing him be like, well, this is going to be a thing. We have to figure out the fallout. Like, what do we do now? And his people are just so fed up. Like, <laughs> I just invested my life in you. What the fuck, man? Uh, it's so sad. And yeah, then Carlos Danger comes up and John Stewart comes up and everyone's making fun of Anthony Weider and you just cut back to him sitting alone in this just sad campaign office and uh, back and forth, hilarious and tragic, hilarious and tragic. It's a really good movie. It's so good. You you all have to see it. I don't know where it's playing or when. Is it going to be on VOD? I don't know. I think it is. It is right? definitely coming to theaters momentarily. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh my god, I don't know. I need to look it up. Someone buy me time. <laughs> la, la, la. Carlos Watch Danger. Watch yeah, so, and the movie comes out in theaters through IFC Sundance Lex on the 20th, May 20th, and then I don't think it's on VOD because it's coming to Showtime in the fall. They help produce it, so maybe it'll come to Hulu Showtime early or something, but, I mean, they're, they're going to hold on to it for, like, Oscars and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Wiener! Even th- he thinks he has a bad name. It's quite sad. You know what time it is, nigga. You know what fucking 
Katie, what did you say? Oh. So when I googled the term casually progressive movie, uh, how to be single came up a bunch, and uh, I haven't seen it, uh, but Patches, is that what made you think of the lightning round question this week? No, Neighbors did, but you're absolutely right that How to Be Single attempts to be progressive in some way. I caught up with this movie from, uh, actually, earlier this year. came out in February. It's already on Blu-ray and VOD. What there a year go. it's been. Uh, yeah, so much time has passed. Um, but this little comedy uh, starring Dakota Johnson, Rebel Wilson, Leslie Mann, Alison Brie is in it. It's kind of like the the Gary Marshall holiday-type movies, but a little more interwoven. Um, and, yeah, it's about ladies remembering that they can be single and have fun. Um, my real point here is maybe Rebel Wilson's shtick is a little over. Maybe Leslie Mann doesn't need to, uh, like, should be in her own romantic comedies without all these young ladies. She romances Jake Lacey in this movie. That's her, that's her, I don't know. She felt a Everyone little should be able to romance Jake Lacey. We, they, and everyone does, it seems. Uh, I'm not. I'm not being ageist against Leslie Mann. I just think she's a little out of place in this movie. But Dakota Johnson, holy hell! I love this woman. I love this woman. She's so funny, and that's what I wanted to spend our mini segment lauding Dakota Johnson, who was unfairly maligned in Fifty Shades of Grey. There was no greater injustice than the fucking Razzies, the worst organization, the plague, the scum of internet moviedom. <laughs> Fuck you, Razzies! Don't you? Slam Fifty Shades of Grey. Dakota Johnson is a national treasure, and you I sound like John Oliver. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh. we all love Dakota Johnson. Uh. No, now, now, Patches has to make a reference to a made-up character like Betsy on the second floor of your office, and have like a bad Photoshop of of Betsy on the second floor of your office. House like uh, coming out of the garbage. Um. Now, Patches, the 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 tragedy for you at the moment, and the good news for you. <laughs> to come is that Dakota Johnson's greatest performance, her true masterwork to date, is in A Bigger Splash, which you have not seen. Which you praised on our last review episode. Yes, I, I need to catch I, up with that. Why is she so good in that? She is phenomenal in that. She, I, I, I have not seen uh, How to Be Single, so I cannot compare the two roles, but she certainly plays a far more uh, interesting type of... Well, she wouldn't even be called a sex pot, her role in Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, whereas in The Bigger Splash, that is absolutely the word to use. Very literally at times channeling a Lolita vibe, even though she's a little bit older. Uh, but it, she she's is... not that old. How old do you think well, she she's is? Older than, she's older than Lolita was meant to be, for sure. Yeah, um, she was born but, in 1989, by the way. Uh, but she is absolutely phenomenal in that movie. She holds her own against Ray Fiennes and Tilda Swinton and Matthias Schoenhartz, uh, and uh, it's a really wonderful performance, and I was watching it going, fuck you, Razzies! You blew up. <laughs> Shame <laughs> on you! Shame on Shame you, Razzies! Um, yeah, well, uh, A Bigger Splash is probably the, the prestigier role, mannered comedy, drama, sexiness, but How to Be Single is kind of trashy, it's very funny. She's just she she knows how to work a room, be in a situation comedy, never overplay a note, be romantic, but be cynical about the whole dating thing. I just I thought it was extremely enjoyable. And then Rebel Wilson did some stuff, but then Dakota Johnson came back on screen. I don't know. She's a star for me. We were talking last week about like who could rise to the top. I don't know. Maybe Dakota Johnson's a little too understated or like Kristen Stewarty to be a big big deal. 
But, I don't know, she was good in Black Mass, right? We liked her in that. Was she good in Black Mass? Yeah, she held her own against Johnny Depp, and she was crying, uh, and I believed what's, it. What's Black Mass? <laughs> <laughs> well, Black, I, I was about to start to do a Dawson accent. I can't. I can't commit. Apparently she was in Need for Speed. That's a movie. Yeah, I was trying to... Movie. I was trying to figure that out. Um, Dakota Johnson, we salute you. That does it for today's Fighting in the War Room. We'll be back on Friday talking about The Nice Guys and Neighbors 2, two comedies opening in one week. That's a great idea. I'm sure that will both lead to success for them both. Uh, in the meantime, tell the people who you are. What a downer. Uh, I'm Matt Patchett. <laughs> All movies will fail this weekend. <laughs> and out. Uh, I'm Matt Patches. I'm the senior entertainment editor of Thrillist.com, and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches. We have a website, fightinginthewarroom.com where you can share the episodes, you can leave comments. Many people have, and it's great. Uh, we'll jump in there occasionally. If you have a very long, elaborate, terrible Game of Thrones theory, please leave it there. And maybe, I don't know, the Storm of Spoilers has its own pages on fightinginthewarroom.com, too. I read all the comments on fightinginthewarroom.com. Do it. Uh, I'm David Ehrlich. I'm the senior film critic for IndieWire. I do not write about television, and so I'm allowed to only care about Mad Men. Uh, and you can find all you can find me on Twitter at David Ehrlich, and you can find all of us together on uh, the Facebook at Fighting in the War Room. I'm Dave Gonzalez. Spell my first name DA70. That's also my Twitter handle. I write for Latino-Review.com and Geek.com. Uh, I'm the person that this podcast that co-hosts Storm of Spoilers with Joanna Robinson and Neil Miller. We've talked about it a lot. New episode this week and every week until this season's over. And I'm Katie Rich. I'm at VanityFair.com. Editing and reading and uh, writing just occasionally things about Game of Thrones. I talked to one of the Dothrakis this week. That was fun. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. And we're all on Twitter at F-I-T-W-R, where you can tweet about how wrong we are and how terrible Patch's uh, brand theory is. No. Uh, and you can also just talk about this week's lightning round question, which was... In honor of Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising, what's the most casually progressive movie of the last decade? Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you on Friday.